0: Hey guys, welcome to episode 3. This is a little different than what I thought I was going to be doing episode 3 on. And I really hadn't come to a formal conclusion, but I wanted to come up with something that improved the excitement of this podcast. And so I jumped around from a couple different topics and I wanted it to be something positive because it's Monday and I'm sure a lot of you are like me and have a A regular job that has probably become quite a bit more demanding in the last year in various ways, Um, probably mainly working from home or if you don't work from home and you do go to the job site, you have things like wearing a mask and checking into work through some sort of an app that says yes or no to all these different questions regarding fevers and coughs and stuff that... Before a year ago, we really didn't worry about all that often. And as you can hear, my computers are going off in the background because I'm just taking a short break because I want to talk about the 125, YZ specifically that I've had for a couple years now since January of 2019 and I've done two separate builds on it. So if you're ever on Vital MX and you run across my either my bike checks, or my bike builds, depending on <clears throat> how familiar you are with the forum, you'll see that I did a Aaron Plessinger replica in 2019, and then I did basically a, a custom unique look for last year for Supercross Futures called the Still Smoking Fast House YZ125, for obvious reasons. But I haven't ever really got into detail with anyone on what i did with this bike um, the first or the second time so i thought i would just pull up my vital mx bike build and kind of go through it and explain the randomness behind some of my babbling that although it's not really babbling it it's a lot of reading and i don't know if that's really how the world works anymore i operate that way because of what i do for a living in supply chain but if you look at things like Instagram, it's a lot of pictures, and I find when I click on a on the more tab and I get a lot of text, I skim it, but I don't necessarily read it in its entirety like I would if I was reading a novel or a magazine article or something for work. So if you go and find my still smoking what, still smoking fast house YZ125 bike build thread, you can listen to this podcast as you scroll through and you'll know what I'm talking about. So in the previous two podcasts, I mentioned at one time or another that I had a KTM 125 SX at one point, and I really liked it because the chassis on that bike would flex in a way that I didn't understand, and for a 200-pound rider, as I basically between 185 and 210 is where I've been over the last couple years. And I didn't understand what I was feeling in that bike at the time. And part of me kind of wishes I'd have hung on to it and bought the YZ just for cash. But at the time I really didn't want to have three bikes sitting in the garage. Um, and so I traded the KTM off for it. And so basically if you ride a KTM with a steel frame or a gas gas or, um, even a Husky, I would imagine, would be very similar. Keep that in mind. If you're feeling that bike flex underneath of you and it feels different from an aluminum frame, give it some time and ride that bike on a lot of different tracks and on a lot of different terrains and really try and understand the benefit of that that flexion because it can really benefit uh, – the amount of toll the bike takes on you throughout a moto or throughout an enduro. I haven't done any enduros in quite a few years probably over 10 years but the last one I did I rode a 2002 CRF450 mostly stock for a poor college kid it was was great but that bike beat me to death that day and I couldn't help but think when I rode the KTM that man this would be great but anyway that's my 30,000 foot view of the KTM that I had for about 10 months so with the YZ when I first got it and got it home I took it apart I actually ended up beating it apart in some ways the uh, pivot bolt was pretty much seized in there it looked like it hadn't seen the light of day in a number of years and that's not uncommon it's not uncommon yes But it is frustrating when you expect something to be one way and it turns out to be very much the other. A lot of neglect and or just really a lack of grease. That's all it comes down to is pull that thing out of there, throw some all-purpose grease on it. Specifically, I think right now I have Maxima Waterproof here in the garage that I got through the Moto Delivered box. And you really need to consider... Before you jump into a bike build, the types of chemicals you have sitting around, namely, number one, for your health's sake, make sure you wear natural gloves. Make sure you wear a respirator. Do not take a chance on inhaling or absorbing this stuff. And I'll elaborate further maybe in Wednesday's episode um, about how I think that affected my life and changed it dramatically for the better part of forever and specifically in the last year but so with the yz as i said i beat the pivot bolt out um i beat the pivot bolt out and ruined it because it was already ruined it was seized and i believe it was bent um it did not roll straight across any flat surface so in order to save the frame and not risk nicking any of the aluminum with cutting it out um I opted to just uh, sacrifice the bolt and order a new one, which never really hurts. But, come to find out, both of the axles were also the same way. And I went brand new on both of those because after I got them out, the front one mainly, and if you scroll through this thread, you'll see in here, the initial pictures just show your standard cell photos and i actually took these in front of my own garage door um back in midland where i used to live and really when you're looking at a bike on craigslist this is a pretty good deal now of course when you're going to go through it depends on what level of maintenance you're going to do for me i really didn't care about how much uh Neglect this bike. It seemed because I was going to go through and check everything down to the last spring and washer. So keep that in mind. When you're looking at bikes on Craigslist, if you're not going to do a full blown build, you might want to shy away from something like this. Uh, one of the pictures you can see the shock bumper is basically dry rotted and missing pieces. Um, it's hard to tell with the wheels, but the wheels. We're in good shape, but the spokes, like if you wanted to reuse those, if you've watched any of my recent videos, these are the wheels that I'm using on my YZ250 build, and I ended up cutting this set of spokes out because at the time I just, you're talking about soaking each and every nipple in penetrating oil, and they may or may not come out and be salvageable. And with the price of um, wheel kits out there that you can buy parts for, you might as well just put new spokes in. It's really not that expensive. You might have a hundred bucks wrapped up in one or two wheels. So moving on from there, you can see my radiators were the the louvers had some waves in them, which basically just told me that these radiators were pretty well banged up. And I had a plan for that going in. If you're into bike building this deep that you found this podcast and you're on Vital MX, you already know about David Pingree and Cameron Namila and Adam Panginelli and Jeff Walker and all the guys that have way more followers than I do and way more um, visibility. And chances are, if you follow those guys closely, you've seen ICW's logo on radiators. And so for my YZ125, I sent my radiators off to them and had them do everything shy of modifying them um, to hold more coolant. Because I didn't really plan on getting this bike that hot. I have no real intention of riding this thing in the woods ever. Or off-road, off-road. This is mainly a motocross and supercross bike. But what I did have them do, in the event of a big get-off, I had them brace and strengthen the welds after they straighten these. And basically, if you go on eBay and really do your homework on radiators... There's a lot of good, um, let's call them bones. As we move forward in these podcasts about the bike building, I'm going to refer to parts with potential as bones for bikes. And so these bone radiators that you can buy, like the ones I just got for my YZ250 build, they're going to be ugly. They're going to be dirty. They're going to be bent and twisted and cracked. And the cool thing about ICW is he can fix... I haven't had one yet that he couldn't fix. And I'm about to send him uh, the one off my 17450 that I twisted last year at Supercross Futures and just have him straighten it up that way in case I do ride this bike more or if I sell it, I either give the radiator away with it or I'll sell it on eBay as a um, as a maintenance radiator and it's better than buying a new one cuz a new one is upwards two to three hundred bucks I think so anyway that is my I actually really get excited about that because you can take something that would otherwise go in the trash and because of their service in North Carolina you can get something really cool back that's actually better than if you just trash the old one and bought a new one you get one that can really stand up to an actual beating so, as you can continue down, uh, you'll notice this bike had pro taper handlebars on it. I don't dislike a 7 8 bend, but as I've gotten older and I've gotten bigger, um, mainly muscle to fat ratio, I'm like right around 195 just for discussion's sake. And I find that sometimes there's too much flex in the 7.8s and I just don't personally like the feel. But they're a fantastic handlebar. I think I still have these around somewhere. So if somebody needs a set of pro tapers, 7.8s uh, bends, hit me up if you're local in the Houston area. I'll just uh, meet you somewhere or um, maybe I'll post them up for sale or give them away at some point. But anyhow, uh, I did switch to Rental Twin Walls. I've run a CR high bend with the crossbar, and I've also run a YZ twin wall uh, with the crossbar. And I like both. I just, the, the CR high was a bad habit of mine from back when I just rode nothing but Hondas, and I bought CR highs one time and just got used to them. But as you can see, as you progress through this build thread, There's a lot of things on this bike that were, like, the frame was very clean for a used bike for 2006. um, A lot of the wiring was in acceptable shape. I will probably start to replace pieces of this wiring harness as I move forward in either keeping this bike or if I do go and sell it or something like that. Um, The suspension, I sent it to Factory Connection because... I have worked with them in the past on a few of my other bikes, and they've got a good setting for me for the two-stroke. It's plush, but I haven't blown through the stroke, and being that I am a heavy rider for a 125, that speaks volumes to me because I have the confidence in my suspension that I can put 40 to 50 hours on it before I have the fluids changed and everything checked, and I know that I'm not going to do any damage to the actual components themselves so aside from that the plastics i don't get too hung up on that because i usually go and buy a different plastic kit sometimes ones that include even the fuel tank and so with yamahas clark with an e as david pingry has pointed out in several of his videos is an awesome alternative to the standard blue tank if you're looking for white yellow or black you can get them they're a little pricey I think you're looking around 250 to 350 but if you're really going for a unique look and I've seen some bikes and everybody has their own opinion so before everybody starts freaking out that I said this if you're not going with a blue theme get a tank that it matches because it does look goofy if you put like say a yellow graphic on a blue tank, and it should be an actual yellow tank. But that's just my opinion. Don't have to take my word, but just my two cents on the matter. So for this bike, I used the blue tank the first time, the stock one, and I had several of these laying around from other builds, but this one uh, is actually now on my YZ250 because I used it for this build, and then when I changed to the still smoke and build. I did black and gold and copper for my theme, and I found a black Clark tank on eBay. So if you are looking for another tank color, make sure you check out eBay and really do some investigating with your searches. Try different combinations of words. Start out with the brand and the model. So like Yamaha YZ125, And just search through the available parts and really work those filters that they provide you in the app. Because if you change your filter uh, settings, you can filter by highest to lowest, lowest to highest, A to Z, Z to A. Or um, I like to reverse and see what's cheapest. Just as a broad part search, you'd be really surprised at what you can find if you look at what is listed out there. The people just need to get out of the garage, but they don't want to give it away or junk it. They might just want 15 bucks for it. You never know. I was able to pick up my black Clark tank, I think for like 150 bucks. I had to do some cleaning and peel some graphics off, but and I think I blasted the the aluminum cap that came on it and painted it black. But it beat the hell out of paying 300 and some bucks just to change the color of my tank. So, um, I'm still on the portion of the thread where it's the Plessinger build. But this is where I did the majority of my improvements to this bike um, as far as cleaning everything up, fixing the radiators, getting rid of those old. Actually, I did not. I have the original radiator hoses on here because they were stock OEM. And in my personal opinion, I've had some aftermarket hoses from various places and nothing quite compares unless you get into like aircraft hoses, which for this size bike is a little bulky. You might keep that in mind more for a four stroke build, but for a two stroke, just stick with the OEM stuff unless you are going to order something that's sold through a distributor like Motorsport or um, Rocky Mountain ATV. One of those big names that you're pretty familiar with um, because you don't want to go through all the work of, especially if you crack a bottom end open and replace transmissions, bearings, crank, piston, rod. I mean, that stuff adds up, and you don't want to end up with a hose failing, your coolant leaking out everywhere, and then you end up with a blown-up motor just because of, like, you bought $50 hoses when you should have spent $200 on them. So with OEM, that's definitely the way to go for hoses. Um, continuing on, it's basically a list of parts. You'll see that I had a works edition pipe on here. And I changed my factory clutch and ignition covers to boysen, which... I like them because they are they look cool and they're pretty much bulletproof. I've never been able to damage one on a a normal way of riding. Um, I did go with a vortex sprocket initially for my cause this was an outdoor build. and a rental chain. Um, I believe that maybe same one I still have on there. These ASV, uh, I think these are the series six levers. I would definitely give those a shot. I like the finish on them. I like the, the slimness of them and the pull is like butter. And that really has very little to do with the lever itself, but the combination of this lever with the OEM, uh, cable and a stock clutch was really, it felt so nice. And it still does. Cause I've ride the same setup today. Uh you can see there's rental oversized bar mounts there there's oem uh, engine parts the only thing i run differently now is i don't run a stock piston anymore Um, i run a vertex that is matched to my cylinder uh just because that was what tom morgan racing recommended when i did that mod so let's talk a little bit about that um my cylinder and piston weren't showing any signs of detonation yet or i'm sorry my cylinder and head um, I replaced that original stock piston cuz I've learned my lesson about not doing that. But I sent my cylinder and head off to Tom Morgan last December of 2019 before pandemic and everything to uh to have it port and polished. I wanted a little bit, bit more zip out of the 125 cuz it's not that I don't believe in big bores. I just having grown up during the tail end of the two-stroke era, like the golden age I just cannot bring myself to bore out a an oem cylinder it was 125 it stays 125 for me not to say that i wouldn't buy an aftermarket kit and try it out occasionally but for what i like to ride tom morgan offers the port and polishing and the cylinder repair and the milling and cutting of the head and if you go through these pictures in here you'll see before I coat these engine parts, specifically the cylinder and the head, I can show I've shown the pictures. Just what a beautiful, like almost artwork, he does. When you send off your original equipment and you get it back, it's to me breathtaking. So moving on, um, that was just the original parts improvement. I use Dunlop uh, tires. Usually the Thirty threes. There's some pictures of the engine when I first pulled it out. Um, ultimately, up there's pictures of the ICW radiators from January thirtieth, twenty nineteen is the timestamp on this post. But that's how they looked when I got them back. That's how they look now. And I have never cartwheeled this bike or anything like that. It, maybe I've been down twice, just washed out in a corner. But for the most part these things still look exactly like they did in these pictures so you can see with the swing arm and i'm a a big proponent of keeping your bike aluminum bare aluminum but i also have had ambitious moments in the past where i have blasted everything or prepped it even though it's not the right way i did use a wire wheel the first time i did the swing arm it's still it still holds today um it holds this as you can see it's primed army green and that was an aluminum primer that i found at AutoZone. i primed it and then i duracoated over it which you can see in the next picture is the gloss black and it still looks like this today so if you're looking at coating your frame and swing arm duracoat is a good option just as always Follow those safety procedures and wear a respirator or use something even better to separate your breathing air from the, uh, from the process of spraying, blasting, coating, prepping. Don't breathe the stuff in. So the next standout photo of the frame is when I did it in Royal Bronze. And I wish I had left it this way or redone it this way because I really like this color. And I just, I've never found anything better. I like the copper that I have now, but it's a little too reddy brown. Whereas this was more of a gold, subtle, metallic look. Uh, So this is just my personal favorite in the past. So continuing on. At the time, I did not actually split this bottom end. Um... I later on, later on did replace every single bearing in this motor. If you get all the way into the next few pages when I did the, the Fast House build in 2020, tail end of 2019, you can see um, where I expanded on, taking the motor apart, blasting all the bare aluminum, coating it, and then putting it back together with all the brand new bearings and Replacing anything that was horribly worn out. Um, There is a shifter arm in the 2006 YZ125. I'm not exactly sure what years it leads up to, but basically if you have anything from 05 forward, I do know that the armature in the shifting mechanism that is under tension from the little spring, you need to replace that with the updated unrecalled piece so they recalled the original arm that and it basically it fails your transmission turns into shrapnel and basically your engine is toast and it's a very cheap inexpensive way of avoiding catastrophic engine failure so continuing on uh, as is common with a lot of build threads there's a lot of comments and whether they're good or bad um, eventually On 328 of 2019, you get to the point where I had finished this bike adding the electron carburetor, which if you are not a carburetor um, enthusiast and you don't like jetting and tinkering with these things and pulling them apart and putting in different needles and and trying out to see what really works on a day-to-day, track-to-track basis... I like the Electron, it does feel different. It's got a heavier spring pull for the slide that you can feel in the throttle, but the performance is second to none in my opinion. I actually think it makes the bike more usable and more rideable for all age groups and ability levels. And so a faster rider is gonna be able to use that ease even more to their advantage. And then your not so fast rider is going to have an easier time at not fouling plugs not stalling not lugging the various things that you run into when you're trying to learn to ride a two stroke and get faster on it so a few other things that i did when i switched this build up is i blasted and coated my pipe basically what that's going to do is it's now gonna require me to do a lot of wheel buffing and a lot of work to get it back to the bare metal finish that it once had in the, the um, kind of polished look but not the platinum plated look. I blast it and coated it with Duracoat first. Obviously the heat that was produced and the, the change, the expansion and contraction of the pipe eventually caused it to flake off. So I decided to try it with, uh, Cerakote and it stood up for about two hours when I first got here to Houston and rode in, uh, at three palms and that amount of heat. And I put the bike through its paces that day. It eventually flaked off as well. So if you're following my channels and my build logs and stuff, you'll see eventually here when I have some time, which could be a while. I'm going to take that pipe off I'm going to go get a, a bench grinder with some polishing wheels and I'm going to restore it back to its original um, works edition look with that bare metal with the highlighted weld seams and and uh, we're going to try and get it back there if not I may leave it as is and just ride it because this is a riding bike it's not just a garage queen um, for display purposes but as you move forward in the build log, you'll see I mock up the motor with uh, without internals once I have everything coated. Um, a lot of black and copper there. I eventually, um, I was very careful in reassembling this bike because I did not want to forget anything and have this motor come apart because I had probably a good 200 hours in it at this point between the two builds. And you can see on February 3rd of 2020, last year, um, I had the motor together on my motorsport motor building stand, and it has never looked better, in my opinion. Um, I would have gone with different colors, to be honest with you, and I actually probably wouldn't have coated the main cases or the cylinder, but... At this point, I was really happy with how this turned out. So if you're into this kind of look and you're not going to race this bike on a national level whether it's pro or amateur, by all means go for it and make it look unique. Do whatever it is that excites you that like when you have a good vehicle that you really like, it's hard to walk away from it without looking back. And so that's what I go for is Can I walk away from my bike without looking back at it nine times? If I can, I probably need to get another one and do a different project because it's not exciting me anymore. Um, But that's just me. So the pictures following the engine sitting on the stand outside show the cylinder and head with my Tom Morgan stenciling as to when he did the work, what the cut and port and polished head looks like, like I said, it's to me, it's artwork. Um, then you have the photos in the same spot out behind my old Midland house of my basically completed my two-stroke Fast House um, still smoking bike build. And I just, I really, I like everything about Fast House's lifestyle brand and the two-stroke stuff being that I'm 32 and I was 16 years old when two-strokes were at their heyday and I finally coerced my father into getting letting me get yet another one after the 2001 YZ debacle um, they just I have a hard time letting go of the two-strokes because they are just so much fun and and they have a, a nostalgic Draw for me, especially when I take something and I don't really know how it's gonna look as the final outcome. As I have things coded and I have custom graphics made off of basically the guesses and the the mental imagery as I put this bike together in my head in my own um, virtual workshop. It's just this is why I build these bikes because when they come together and they actually look as good if not better than I hope they would and I get positive feedback and it excites people and they ask me if I'll ever sell it that's just that is why I try and build unique things that aren't just run of the mill replicas even though the replica AP of Aaron Plessinger's would be 125 was fun I liked my own personal one off uh, just as well so you guys once again can find this build at uh, Vital MX under the bike builds. It's specifically called Still Smoking Fast House YZ125, uh, fully coated engine and chassis. So if you want to revitalize the thread and drop some comments in there, good, bad or indifferent, be my guest. If you want to hit me up on social media, you can find me at the Original Moto Ross or corporate moto and then i also have one uh called thrive moto which will clue you in a little bit more as to why if you are building bikes i'm so adamant that you understand how important it is to protect yourself and protect your health uh wearing a respirator and and ppe just to make sure that if this was something that may have caused my lymphoma these different chemicals We don't want that to continue happening. We want to avoid that at all costs. So until uh, what I anticipate to be Wednesday's episode, although I don't yet know what the topic will be, enjoy this one and give me some feedback anywhere you feel is fitting.